Hi, I'm Lori. And I'm Kevin, and this is No Longer Ashamed. We are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And we're here to share with you that if you're a survivor, you don't have to be alone. Our logo is a salamander, and the reason is a fire salamander can survive a fire, and you have survived a fire. We want to help you with your journey to healing and hope. We are all survivors together, and we walk this journey together. And you are not alone. By telling our stories, we are hoping that you will have the courage to share in your story as well and find your voice. Because stories are so important, and for so long, I know that I wouldn't tell my story, but when I finally shared my story, that's when I got my freedom. And this is our journey and your journey to healing and hope. So come with us. We are so glad to have Luke back with us. He shared his story. Gosh, was it a year ago? Yeah, about a year ago. At least, maybe even longer. Yeah, and a lot of things have happened for you since then. Why don't you fill us in, Luke? So I did, after you guys, did an interview for SCSA, which Mm -hmm. is Survivors of Childhood Sex Abuse. And really, I guess, found my mentor there, Richard, who's the president at the time when I first interviewed. Man, I can't even think of that. It was Maybe a year ago that I interviewed with them. So I think it's been a while since I've been yeah. with you guys. Yeah. As well as I've I've done interviews with NASCA as well. That's international. So. But these are podcasts, right? That you've been on? Yes. They're podcasts. As well as, I believe, video. YouTube? Both of them. Yeah. National Association of Adult Survivors of Childhood, of Child Abuse is what NASCA stands for. Awesome. And. You know, sharing my message, just sharing that, that you can survive this. I still have my bad days, as mm-hmm. many people know who goes through this, you know. It, it's just something that happens. I'm having a bad day today. Just a little emotional. And that, that's just part of it. I push through. I talk to people, other survivors who can help me through it, who have more experience going through what I've gone through than I do. So you have a, a network of people that you I contact? Do. I do. How, how did you find your network? What led you to uh, it? Actually through SCSA. Uh-huh. After, I think it was two or three interviews I did with you guys. And is when I, I went over to them. And I was invited to do an interview with them, I think. And gladly I did it. And just, I'm learning as I go a lot. You know, the numbers, the numbers of, of people that have been abused alone for instance uh boy scouts yeah. was over eighty two thousand, you know, and that's that's a humbling number that's a sad number you know i'm learning these things and it breaks my heart but being able to be a part of this civil rights movement is the best way i describe it mm. it's amazing you know being able to just share my story and help other people and make a difference in this world is what matters I remember when you came to us and you hadn't shared your story. Yeah. And so once you did, and we, Kevin and I talk about this all the time, it's so scary at first when you first tell people, but yet look at the doors that have opened for you and you have something really new that you're doing. We're really excited about. You want to tell us? But yeah, I'm doing a lot of advocacy work now, reaching out to other survivors as well. You know, if you need to talk, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I'm willing to talk to you. I, I'm not shy about what happened to me anymore i mean even this interview there's still fear there's still a little bit of fear but in the end 
I know that that fear is going to turn into something very, very, very good. Mm -hmm. And if you're out there and you need this, if you need to talk, I'm here. There's other survivors out there. We're here. Kevin will talk, I'm sure. Lori will. You know, there's meetings. CSA holds meetings for, for survivors as well. Yeah. You know, when you talk about pushing through the fear, I'm an entrepreneur. And that's one of the things like every day in, you know, because I do personal growth every day for business. And it's like, if you don't push through that fear, you're never going to get to experience the joy that comes with the success. If you just stay in your comfort zone and it is scary. Nobody's ever going to say, don't be afraid. Do it afraid. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just eventually you become afraid anymore i mean there's like i said there's that little trace of fear but i'm not i'm not afraid like i did was when i first interviewed (laughs) i remember that yeah and i think a lot of people when they first come forward with their story they have kind of a backlash afterwards of oh no what have i done why did i do that you know you you have this panic afterwards do you remember experiencing that after you talked with us I still get it. I still get it. Every <laughs> once in a while, like, oh, no, you know, what if work finds out? Or what if this? Or what if that? I, I don't care. You know what? I don't care because it's not their story. It's my story. Yeah. It's not what happened to them. It's what happened to me and others like me. It's about the yeah. victims and the survivors. That's what it's about. In the end, they want to say work finds out, wants to fire me. Okay, I'll get a new job. And really the fear comes from what we think. And that really, if we say, is that true? If we question those thoughts, like work isn't going to fire you because you were abused. Right. Right. But we think that because we're still thinking in that child mode. And that's why it's so good to hear back from you, Luke, because I know for a while you were kind of like on a treadmill. You were just kind of like, what am I doing? And then you started reaching out. You started doing different Mm -hmm. things and doing the work. And I think that that when you tell your story, then that gives you the option to do the work that goes goes with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, And it takes away that fear. Yeah, it does. The more work I do, the more that fear diminishes and the more I know I'm helping other people. Mm-hmm. And and that's all I want to do is help other people who've been what I've been through this you know, sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like wading through crap sometimes, but, you know, in the end, it's it's all good. It's all good because I know God's got my back. Yeah. What would you say is some of the things that the work you've done or things that you've learned? Well, one of the things I didn't know, actually, when I first started was as as survivors, we live on our amygdala. Mm -hmm. So it's the fight, flight, fawn, those responses. I didn't know that. That was something I learned in the amount of survivors that are out there who made it through and, and are doing well in their life. And unfortunately, also the amount on the flip side of that, who took their own lives. Yeah. So do you recognize that fight and flight and fawn response in yourself? And and are you able to recognize that when it's happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when, I, when I'm triggered, especially. And right now it's summer, so I, I can just, you know, go outside and ground or mm-hmm. just breathe fresh air mm. to diminish that even and bring myself to a happy place. So in discovering that you have found a tool that rather than stew for a few days and be reeling, you're like, oh, wait, I know what this is and I know what to do. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's still days I still, you know, 
yeah. And I think that that's all mental. I don't have an explanation for why, I guess. I well, think a lot of survivors were our own worst critics. We're kind yeah. of at the, the harshest. And um actually listened to NPR this morning about being kind to ourselves, how to not just not necessarily let us off the hook. Like if we do something wrong, if we make a mistake, so on, you know, I, I know when I make a mistake, especially at work, I, I just tear myself up. I'm relentless. But the way to co- kind of overcome that is think about how you would treat someone else if they had done that. And so we treat others a lot nicer than we treat ourselves. And I think that's one of the things that helps me to give myself grace when I'm struggling and when I'm having issues is to look at it. Well, if I knew someone that was in this situation, how would I, what would I want them to know? What would I tell them? And sometimes that's really helpful when we're struggling and we're just down on ourselves. Was that hidden brain, Kevin? Yes. Yes. So (laughs) the thing I was going to say is what has really helped me is like Kevin said, you hear a podcast, you hear a story, you read a book, and it gives you a new perspective and a new way to look. And you didn't know about fight or flight. And Kevin, like, this is so true. And I know we've talked about this before about how hard we are on ourselves. We're our own worst critic, but getting that reminder and then giving ourselves grace, you know, and I'm a huge advocate for daily connection because I was just talking with a missionary who works in in Benin which is the voodoo capital mm-hmm. of the world. And she said, if we don't connect daily with our source, we are susceptible. And that's why it is so important to have that daily connection with ever. For me, it's Jesus, it's God, it's my Bible, mm-hmm. but whatever it is to be connected and grounded. So you know what you know what you know, and you can make it through the day. And it's like, I'm kind of hearing this, that we're, we're learning how to deal with the things that we've lived through, but then we're also making it in a way that we are helping others. Yeah, which that, you know, and even that getting a dog. I mean, I've had I have two right now, three right now. That helps too. like if I'm having a bad day, I can pet the dogs and it it helps call me. And there's just something with it. And I'm I'm not sure how to explain it exactly. It just releases tension. Yeah, they've actually studied that, that having or petting, even just petting someone else's dog has a, a calming and you know lowers your blood pressure, does all these great things for your health, just being around dogs, even if it's not your own dog. But having your own dog can do that unless they're getting into the garbage and making a huge mess and, <laughs> and then your blood pressure goes <laughs> up. So there's downsides as well. I have I have three dogs, too. I don't know if you saw Declan was yes, in the background there. But and yeah, there's definite. And I think Part of it, too, is being responsible for someone else. Because of having dogs, you have to take care of them. They're completely dependent on you. So that kind of forces you to take care of yourself as well, because they are dependent on you. So you have to be dependable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just read an article in, I think it's, I want to say New Zealand. They have this big thing about petting cows. You can go, if you're stressed out, you can go pet a cow. (laughs) So cow, dog, whatever. I love cows. But yeah, it's that it's that connection. And I think that's why telling your story, Luke, what happened is you told your story and then you started to find your people and now you have a network. And like you say, I'm having a bad day. I can reach out to someone. It's like, that's what it's all about. Because when we have abuse or addiction, we will isolate and be alone mm-hmm. and we cannot heal in a vacuum. No, we can't. 
you said network and, and to me it's not even network you guys in my family from from scsa you know nasca that's what they are my sur- the survivors are my family and that's what keeps me alive too because mm-hmm. i have those days where i'm that depressed and i just i don't know i want to end it mm-hmm. and then i think about my family you guys and it's like no i i can't do that i have so many people relying on me my animals are relying on me yeah. i have a lot going for me so there's no point to that yeah. you know and i i'm i know it's not even feel i know i'm doing so much good that interview i did with scsa for example was one of the their most popular ones wow wow, wow. that's great yeah i love that interview and I want to bring something up and I'm not going to bring up any details because it it's private, but we know Luke had something happen that really triggered him. Kevin's had something come up that really triggered him. And it puts us in this state of that fight or flight where we're in fear as though it's happening now, even though it's somebody that we're concerned about. And so I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about that because I remember Luke, when you were going through it, we're like, okay, is everything okay now? Getting that grounded. So it's like, it's starts with that fight or flight where you're like, what is happening? You know, and we're freaking out. And then we like ask ourselves, okay, are we okay now? Is the person okay? And then we can start to, and that's really when I heard you say, I am going to actually take the steps to be an advocate. Like all of a sudden you had a reason to not just say it, but to get on a webpage, to look, to find out, to get resources. And I remember Kevin, when you, I think it was our first episode and you thought, oh my gosh, I'm back to square one. And that's what it felt like. I knew you weren't back to square one, but that's what it felt like for you. So I thought maybe you guys could talk about that a little because I think it's important. And I think this is something we all struggle with. Yeah, she's better. She's in therapy, which is is, is amazing. You know, I still, I don't know how to respond to that Mm. some days because she's someone I I really love and it. But but again, it's it's even separating because when we get news of someone that has been abused, it's really easy to take that on ourselves and be like it it puts us back there. So then finding the way to separate who I am from who they are and what we know and are they in danger? And if they're not, then how can we support them in their recovery? Like it's like this process of assessing the world as it is right now. Oh, am I in danger? Oh, I'm actually not in danger. When I first found out about it, I was, I couldn't say I was definitely triggered. It, it took me right I back. I can say you were definitely triggered. Yeah. <laughs> it took me right back. I, and I, I definitely, it freaks me out still to think about. I guess my first response was, I'm going to kill the person that did it. Mm-hmm. That was an instantaneous response. But as I calmed down, it was like, you know, I can't help her if I'm in jail. So I'm just going to be there. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know. What happened to me? Because we we tried to keep her not into that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to tell a little kid, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Yeah. But you you know you're there for her. Yeah. She knows you're there for her. And yeah, she does. Um, well, yeah. you know, and, and I think what's really hard is when I hear Kevin say, where is the outrage is that we would love it if we could stop it from happening. But it's happening on such a huge 
level that the best we can do, if we can get involved with legislation to try to stop some of this, great. But being a person that someone can come to or to say, I believe you, or to be like, okay, I know where you can go for help. I know counseling is going to help you. I know this group. I know this. So it's like we become the resource. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's that's why I be, want to be not just for her, but for everybody that, well, as many people as I can, you know, yeah. is that resource. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be able to, like, go to hospitals and talk to victims and, and be like, you know, I believe you. I'm here for you. I'm here to help you mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're not alone. And this isn't the end. Because it's not. It's just the beginning of something that's that's huge. Something that's when it happened to me, I was angry, distraught for so long, and it turned into something wonderful in a sad way, but something so wonderful and amazing. You know, I'm meeting amazing people. I'm helping my community, helping people around the world. Yeah. So there is hope. There's definitely hope, and I wanted to touch on forgiveness too while we're at it a little um yeah. you know for me that was huge was forgiving my abuser and i got to a point where i'm praying for her mm. i still have anger towards mm. her and what she did but in the end i had to let it go and get to that point of forgiveness for myself mm-hmm. so i could heal yeah yeah i think that's one of the most important points of forgiveness is it allows us to get past that point of holding on to our anger our wanting to have some form of revenge or to see something happen to them. And when we can let go of that, then we can actually work more on ourselves because we're not so focused on that person. And like Sandra talked about, they don't even remember what they did that, you know, it was long ago and they're not even thinking about me ever and she was hanging on to it and hanging on to it and hanging on to it and she realized you know all her anger all her wanting to have some form of revenge was just hurting herself oh yeah and it it wasn't allowing her to get the healing or the freedom or the freedom yeah i have a lot more of that nowadays my kids great grandma used to say you're giving them free rent in your head Like by giving them the space. And for me, I, I was 14 when I learned about forgiveness. I went to this conference and the way they posed it was if you choose not to forgive the person who's you're angry at or that's abusing you, which I didn't have the words of abuse at that point. What, what this person said is he's, he quoted a Bible scripture and he said, you will become just like them because you're so focused on them. And as a coach, I have learned that, that that's how our brain works. And so at 14, I'm like, Jesus, I forgive. And it wasn't that I didn't acknowledge it. Like some people forgive before they acknowledge and they never get the help to work through the rape or the abuse. But I just was like, I am not going to be like this person. And so I was so grateful at an early age, somebody posed it to me in a way that I could understand. It wasn't about them. It was about me and who I was going to become if I let those thoughts stay in my head. Yeah. No, and, and I've mentioned it and uh, I think I did mention it in the podcast. We first did the anger I had, the amount of anger I had where I wanted, I went out yeah. on the winter's night to kill the girl that raped me. Mm-hmm. And to think about that and, and to the point where I'm now, where I've forgiven her is 
mind blowing. It is. I yeah, had you're... so much anger in me, and yeah. she had already forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. She didn't even. I was just a speck of dust. Mm-hmm. And that's not who you are. No, it's you know, not. and and I think that that's where. I feel like that's where God can really do do the work so that we don't let that thing define us because yeah. I think that's where we go all the time is the first thing is, oh, I'm terrible. I'm bad. I'm I'm worth abusing. And I'm so, damaged goods. Yeah. 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 Nobody wants me. This, that Those were thoughts that came into my head. So what do you think changed for you after you did the first interview with us at that time? What do you think was the big change for you? a lot there was so much relief just mm. to be able to talk about it really you and, could and actually see it on your face when you were yeah. telling the story just to know just to know that i don't have to hide this it's such a relief and for your situation not only was there the abuse but then you had people telling you things that weren't true like you should be you should think this is awesome. So for you to sort out through your brain, you didn't really have a place to talk until you told your story. And Kevin and I are like, what? That's awful. And you're like, yes, that is awful. Like it gave you validation that, okay, yeah, what happened to me wasn't right. Now I'm angry. Now I'm going to forgive. Like the process is so important. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I still, I'm still going through that process. It's continuous thing. Yeah. That's going to be. Is that what we call bittersweet? <laughs> yeah, it is. But well, to know now that I can help and, and change a bunch of things just because I've survived it and, and I just have to tell my story and I'm not afraid anymore and I don't mm. care who knows is what changed. Mm. And there's a girl at work. I'm not going to obviously say her name private that confided in me that that happened to her when she was a little girl. And, you know, I was able to like have conversations with her and it wasn't, she's a survivor too. So it was like two survivors just being able to chat and have that shared experience of this happened to us, but look at us now we're, we're changed. We're different. We're, we're not letting this define who we are anymore. We're not that we're not damaged goods. We're human beings. Yeah, we went through some traumatic stuff, but we're just living our lives and and helping people live, other people live theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it's funny. I had no idea what to expect when I started this podcast. <laughs> and like Lori said, I got triggered, heavily triggered right away. And one of the things I was, I think, the most fearful was fearful of was having to talk to others about what I was doing. And that was one of the hardest things at first, but it has opened up new doors to me because I have talked about with people at work and, you know, recently we've had work done on our house and my wife, she's probably my biggest advocate. She always talks about. And so she was talking about with some of the guys that were working on our house. And we found out from one of them that he is a survivor, but he didn't really consider it that. But at the age of, you know, when he was just a couple years old, he had someone in his family sharing pornography with him. At, at, At really, I mean, he was just a couple years old and he said it was his entire childhood. The pornography was just there available. He had access to anything, you know, all of it that he wanted. And he never considered it abuse, but it has ruined 
several of his relationships and he still struggles with that and is struggling with that but at the same time he just considered it was just the way things were it wasn't a big deal but it is and so it has opened up doors to just talking about it with others and 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 realizing that people don't understand the scope and they don't realize that you know it is common unfortunately you know i i think I didn't even realize how common it was until after my first interview. Yeah. And I mean, the numbers are staggering, uh, but it just, it breaks my heart and makes me, it makes me sad. It makes me angry. It makes me a lot of things, but it makes me want to do more. Mm -hmm. It makes, it definitely makes me want to do more. It makes me want to stand up and shout from the rooftops Mm -hmm. that I'm a survivor. You know, when Charnel first met, well, they didn't first meet, but they were getting married. And she told me in private, she said, oh, well, you're going to love Kevin. He's a survivor. And I went, I remember like cancer. She's like, no, survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Cause she knew that was my story. And I read, this was actually the, my thought was, wow, he, how'd he get there? Like, I didn't see myself as a survivor at that point, I had finally come out, I'd started getting counseling, but I didn't have that language in my head. It was still, it was still kind of who I was, even though I, I didn't talk about it, nobody knew. But I just remembered that it was like, wow, I want, I want what he's got. I want to be a survivor. To go from victim to survivor to, for me was such a huge step alone. When was that shift? When did that shift come? I'd say when I first did the interview with you guys. That was Mm. that step. The Mm. power of telling your story. Yeah. That that was the step I needed. Uh And like you said, it opened so much doors and Mm -hmm. such a beautiful thing. And that's why sharing our story is so important because it's opening doors for others. I mean, when you look at the statistics... And you know how many people are affected, and yet no one ever talks about it. The more we talk about it, the more we allow others that opportunity to share and to get that, get that first step, get that first head towards being a survivor and a thriver rather than being a victim. Yeah. I teach podcasting and writing, and so many people will say, oh, God has told me I'm supposed to write my story, but then they, they don't. And I always say, what if your story is the answer to someone's prayer? Like Luke, your story was different. And so when people heard your story, they may have had that. They may have had the same response from their friends. So they were never able to really categorize it as abuse and then be able to get free from it because it didn't have a category. And because you were willing, you, you know, you were probably, you've probably been the answer to many people's prayers for them to go. That's what that was. Now, at least I can understand it. It validates Mm-hmm. And when I first told my story with you guys, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. It was just like opening a relief valve, and it's heartwarming to know that it validates it for other people. But it's also heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. in so many ways. Yeah, unfortunately, it's still so prevalent. And yeah. but the only thing we can do is be there for for the others for the people that need to hear our stories to need to know that they can be validated Mm -hmm. and i know for me you know i've learned a lot doing this podcast i (laughs) you know we did the 
panel on grooming and I didn't realize until that <laughs> time that we were doing the panel that I was groomed because it never occurred to me. It just because it was repressed and it was something I never really addressed. It wasn't until that time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why I'm so thankful you have that support group, the the group of people that you can share with, because we're, I think it's a work in progress our whole lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like two minutes for the abuser, you know, to them, mm -hmm. it's like two minutes. But to us, that's the rest of our lives that we have to deal with this, this trauma. Powerful, Luke. That is so powerful. Yeah. What you just said. Yeah. You know, I, I remember when I went to counseling and I would just say something as though it was so normal because that's what you think when you're a child. And my counselor would say, can I tell you what that is? I'm like, what are you talking about? And she would tell me and I'd be like, you mean that doesn't happen to everyone? You mean everybody's family? So that's the power of getting that support is, and I, I'll never forget when we did the grooming and watching Kevin and what <laughs> all, all of a sudden the realization and poor Kevin, he just wears his emotion in his face. But again, it's like, that's why this podcast is so powerful because we can help people by A, they can share their story, B, they can hear a story and C, giving names. Like one of the things that we talked about that has been really powerful for for me is that our the person who abused us doesn't belong to us. So when we say my abuser, mm -hmm. that gives them power. So when we say the person who abused me, there is such freedom in that because we're letting go. They're not mine. And so like you said, Kevin, so many things we have learned as yeah. we go and as we hear people's stories has just been. Yeah. I remember you. when Kevin said he was going to do this. And I'm like, what? Why this? Yeah. <laughs> I think I had my own misgivings as well, but I definitely I could hear God clearly saying, "This is this is what I want you to do." And at that time, I was thinking, "That's just nuts." <laughs> Can we talk but, about music or mountain biking or? <laughs> yeah. But we've found so much, learned so much. I mean, like you said, the the way we talk about it, and that's thanks to Daniel. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize that some of the things I've been saying, the way we speak really affects our brains. And so being aware of that, being conscious of that, and, and consciously working to change that does affect how we feel about ourselves and how we treat ourselves. You know, and to, to come back to you guys, because there's so much that I've done. And, and to come back to your guys' podcast is like coming home. Mm -hmm. This is where I started in. It's just amazing. How did you find us? Because I remember Kevin saying, hey, this guy reached out to us and we're going to hear his story. How did you find us? I listened to a podcast. I think it wasn't even the full thing. It was maybe 20 minutes, 10 minutes, something like that. Just a little bit. It was like, I, you know, I got I got to talk to them. I got to reach out. Yeah. I knew I had to. It was something God telling me to reach out. And then you contacted me on Messenger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it's very memorable to my wife because we were at a friend's party at the time. <laughs> you were messaging me on a messenger and I'm in the middle of hanging out with a bunch of friends and all of a sudden I'm like, I got to take this. And they're all like, <laughs> what's going on? And I'm like, I'll get back to you. Yeah, you hadn't really told this. everyone about the podcast. Yeah, yet, well, right? and because of that, though, I found out that there were people at that gathering that were also survivors. I was like, wow. holy, it's just, you know, it's you can't avoid it. But yeah, the, giving them the opportunity by just talking about it, like I said, it just opens doors. 
yeah. for people. You know, and I don't know how many people I've come across that, you know, this has happened to them and just talking to them, sharing my story, something, being there has helped them. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a bunch. Yeah. Well, we're so glad that you found us, Luke, and we're so glad yeah. to have you in our lives. And <laughs> and it's been really, it's been so awesome watching you. I mean, like you say, it's a yes. process and you've had good times and bad times, And but to watch the process and, and then that desire to help others is yeah. so beautiful. And there's parts of my story that I don't speak about publicly, but if I'm ever in coaching with any of the women that I coach and I see that it will add value, then I share that part. Because sometimes you can share your story and people will go, oh, well, what happened to me wasn't that bad. And then they'll disregard their story. And every story is so important, no matter what it was, when a line is crossed yeah. for a, a child and a child feels helpless, that is not okay. It's yeah. not. It's never okay. And and like you said, it's just a minor thing to whoever it's doing it, to the perp, but to that child, to that person that's been that's abused. Yeah. It it affects the their life. And yeah. we spend the rest of our lives working through it. And and but I I have also felt like there are times I have gained a lot from just all the work I've had to do that because of that, I'm a lot more self-aware. I'm a lot more I've learned so much about myself that I would never have otherwise. I can agree with that. You know, I'm definitely more self-aware. And you know, just you know, I focus on my mental health a lot more. One of the things that I always say is when we come from abuse and we don't do the work, we think it's only affecting us. We hear this from mm -hmm. drug addicts. Well, I'm only hurting myself, but really we are. We're hurting everyone around us. When we get triggered and we shut down, it hurts our family. And so Alex L, she's an author and she said the self-healing is an act of community service. And it is, I am such a big advocate of tell your story, get help because you don't even know you have behavior that is affecting other people. And so when we can get the help and we can get better, like Kevin said, it has made me so much more self-aware, such a better person. You wouldn't go, oh, I'm glad that happened to me. But no. because that happened to me, I am better. And that is what I think is so beautiful because we could get really caught in the sadness of it. And it is sad, but also there is hope. And I think that's what this podcast is bringing is like, there is hope. Oh, and I think that's the main thing is there's hope. That's one of the main things is there's hope. And we, we all have, we all have a purpose. Like, mm -hmm. You know, we all have a reason for being here. That alone is that's just a powerful statement. It is. Uh -huh. And will we say yes? Will we say yes? I have a friend who she's amazing. She has beautiful stories to tell. And I want her to either record them or podcast them because I don't want her to die with these stories in her. And so she'll talk about the stories, but she won't push record. And I, I just said to her one day, we were on FaceTime and I said, you know, when you won't push record and you won't share these stories with others, you know what you're doing? And she's like, what? And I said, you're giving God the finger. He's prompting you. He's giving you these amazing, beautiful stories. And you're giving him the finger because you won't push record because you won't tell. And I know it's personal for everybody, but when you think about the old days, how do we, how do we pass on our legacy, our history? It was by telling the stories and not just the good ones. Like, wouldn't it be great if we could be like, I had this great childhood and I was a childhood star and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, yeah, I was, I was abused as a child and uh, my mom was mentally ill. And uh, like, that isn't the story we want to tell, but that's the story that will touch the people. And I'll never forget one of my dearest friends 
I didn't know her mom was mentally ill. She didn't know my mom was mentally ill, but we connected and I just, I shared, I was scared because I didn't tell people, you know, I didn't want people in the community to know. And then I remember her telling me some, her mom actually burnt down her house when she was a teenager and she had to tell the police she saw her mom light the fire. So all of a sudden we've had this lifelong connection. Do we go tell everyone? No, but that's what connected us because we both had that commonality. And it was, even though it's, it's a sad part of our life, it was something that we could oh validate and share and like even laugh about now. For sure. For me, this is, I guess this is my, this is my legacy. Yeah. And, and there's some sadness in it, but it is important to share. And the legacy is what you do with it. Exactly. It's like when you think about the, um, in the Bible, it talks about the, the talents and how the master gave three of his leaders money and he didn't tell them what to do with it. He just gave it to them. And two of them said, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to invest. And one of them was like, I'm going to hold on to it and I'm going to stay in my comfort zone. And I'm just going to, you know, he's not a nice guy. And when he gives back, I'll just give him back the money. And he was called evil. Yeah. You know, and so many of us want to stay in our comfort zone because we think it's safer, but maybe it's evil because we're not giving back to the world with whether we see it as a gift or not. Whatever our life has given us is a gift. I never thought about it like that, honestly, because I when it happened and even up to, I don't know, probably a year ago, I never really thought of it as a gift. It was like a curse. But as I grow, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a gift. It's definitely just light the world on fire with the information. Get it out there. Get get people aware. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's what we do with it. It's what is our purpose. You know, it's what we can do about it Mm -hmm. and how we can help those that need a hand up. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing for me now. Uh-huh. You know, helping others. Yeah, it's been amazing to watch you, Luke. It's been great. I loved your interviews, and I love your drive on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just thinking when when you first contacted me on Messenger, I was just so scared for you, and now it's just I'm just so proud of you. <laughs> I'm so amazed at how you've turned this around for yourself. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. It really is. I and like I said, it it wasn't about. It was just about getting it out for me on it. And there was so much that fear that I had was yeah. so much. Yeah, and I love it that you pushed through. You know, Kevin, I just am seeing such an expression on your face. I want you to. I want you to kind of say what's on your mind or wrap this up because this has been so powerful. I'm just so thankful that you did reach out. I'm just, I, I can't even express. It's been amazing just to share in this journey with you and to see how you've, you know, how you've gotten through it and are pushing through it and also working so hard to help others. And it's, it's making me feel like I need to do more too. <laughs> and I really just, I'm just so thankful that you did contact us. It, it means so much to both of us, to all of us that you're, you were willing to share, to take that step. And I know how hard it is, that first step, that first time you share. And and we've seen it over and over with our guests, how hard that is. But it also validates how important it is. And I'm just, I'm just so thankful for you, Luke. 
There's been so many times I've called someone or checked in with somebody after an interview and said, do you need me to take something out? And they're like, no, I'm really, I'm really glad. I'm really glad I said all those things. And um, I mean, that speaks, that speaks volumes. So, well, this is where we usually wrap it up and say a prayer. So I don't know if you'd like to join in with us, Luke, and pray. I'll listen, of course, okay. as always. Okay. <laughs> So that's it for today. We are going to have a prayer time if you want to stick with us. If not, we believe in you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. If you like this podcast, please rate and review because that's how other people can find us. And we really want to spread this message. Father, I just thank you for all your blessings and especially for the hope that you've given us through all our trials, through all the things that we go through, even when we feel at our lowest, that you are there and you want us to know that you care about us, you love us, and that you are our hope, that you have nothing but love for us. And even when we don't love ourselves, even when we're down on ourselves, that you want us to know that you still love us and care for us and have a purpose for us. And Lord, I just pray that we would turn to you and hear your voice and listen to you and feel your feel your words in our hearts lord i just pray that you would bless those who are listening that you would bless them with your presence and your comfort in their lives and i just pray you would continue to bless luke and guide luke and give him the courage to keep sharing and to keep reaching out and to keep helping those that need the help that he can give. And Lord, I just pray you would just continue to bless him and his family. In your name, I pray. Father, I thank you for the people that say yes. Thank you that Luke said yes to telling his story, that Kevin said yes. Even though it's hard and we know there's evil in this world, Lord, and it could we could really get bogged down with that. But I think of the story in the Bible about Joseph and how what was meant for evil is brothers wanting to kill him, that you used for good and that, Lord, whatever evil has come upon us, because we're not going to call it anything but that, but that you will always use it for good. And all it takes is us being willing to allow that. And I thank you that you are a good God and you want good things for us and you want healing, you want restoration. And and I'm so grateful that that is an option for us to heal and to grow and to help others, Lord, because there are so many that are struggling. And I thank you uh, that you have um, given us this opportunity. I thank you for bringing Luke our way so that we could get to know him. And thank you for the good work he's doing, Lord. And I pray that you'll bless him and open doors for him. And um, Lord, you know, a lot of people, this could turn into a job, even something they never thought, um, social work, whatever, Lord, that, you know, this can always open doors by saying yes. And I thank you. Thank you that you love us. And um, and Lord, as much as sometimes I hate the process, it would be so great to just be healed and forget it and move on, but that the process is what gets us to the better life. And so thank you for that process in your son's holy name. Amen. Well, it's thank you, Luke. Luke. Thank you, guys. I'm always, always happy to be on. I'm uh -huh. grateful to you both. Uh, we're so thankful.